Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Sports and Stuff. This is your host, Andy Rassisi. In today's episode, we will be recapping the World Series, discussing some time management stuff in NFL and college football, and discussing a little bit of the NBA in-season tournament, and as always, some of my uh, amazing best bets that are sure to impress everybody. But at first, we will start with a restaurant review. And this restaurant is Uncle Primo's, located in New Philadelphia, Ohio. This restaurant is definitely worth traveling to. So, as some of you guys know, I live in Canton, Ohio. And New... Philadelphia. Uncle Primo's is about 30 minutes away from me and if it is even within an hour it is certainly worth driving. It is a heck of a restaurant and I would like to definitely give you guys a nice review of this place. So first of all (laughs) um, the salad and obviously you guys know Salads for me, I like salads, but I'm not building a whole meal around a a restaurant salad. But the way this one is served is it's family style. It's an Italian salad. So they have their own Italian dressing. Absolutely phenomenal. It's hard to even explain how good it is, but it's outstanding. Uh, They have some salami, some pepperoni, cheese, um, olives, which I pick out. But um, it is a unbelievable salad. It is unlimited. The food there is great. So yesterday when I went, I was one and done with the salads. But multiple times I've done um, two or more salads. So highly recommend uh, this place. Now, um. <clears throat> The thing, so Jenny and I, we like to go to this place. Um, She loves Italian. I love steaks. So it works out great for us. I get a steak every time I go. Now, this last time we went, I got the top sirloin, $23.95. It's on the cheaper side. They have some other really good steaks. The ribeye, it's definitely expensive, but I've had it before. It's outstanding. They also have the strip steak, which again, it's kind of in between what I got and the the ribeye, but all their meat is quality. This time I decided just to go with the cheap one. It's still solid, but it's obviously not the best they have. Uh, I get for sides, they have baked potatoes, fries, and you can get pasta. I've gone baked potato. I've gone fries. Both, I will say the, the sides are somewhat average. They loaded my fries up this time with cheese, and I got a side of ranch. <laughs> the ranch is definitely above average. Nothing incredible, but it's it's definitely above what you would think for them being an Italian restaurant. Um, Jenny always gets the lasagna platter. Lasagna, absolutely phenomenal. Um, she also gets... Um, 
uh, ravioli, which is very, very good, and then fettuccine Alfredo. It's been up and down over the years. It was absolutely awesome this last time. So, um, before I get to the dessert, I do want to tell you guys, there is a little bit of a restaurant hack at this place. And listen up, because this is really, really important if you ask me. So at this place, you do get free bread. It's just free, regular Italian white bread. It's solid, but it's nothing spectacular. But you can upgrade to garlic bread for another $4.95. You get four pieces of it. So in the past, I don't care about that. I mean, it's five bucks. I'm taking the better bread. But for five bucks, you get four pieces, but then you don't get the actual Italian bread. They they upcharge you, and then you don't get the regular bread. So this time I said, you know what? I'm not getting cheated. So they go, hey, would you like to upgrade to um, garlic bread? I said, you know what? We're going to stick with the... Uh, normal Italian bread. They bring out the Italian bread. They bring out the salad. We eat it for a couple minutes. And then I flag down the waitress. Excuse me. You know what? I would actually like to go with the um, with the garlic bread. So she goes, oh yeah, no problem. They bring out the garlic bread. So now all of a sudden, we get the garlic bread. We're paying the extra, no problem. And in addition, we're getting the free Italian bread. In the past... When I've said, give me the garlic bread right out the chutes, we don't even get the normal, um, regular Italian bread. That ticks me off because we should get the free bread regardless. We're not replacing it for another five bucks. We're getting it in addition. So I was pretty happy with the way I played it. And Jenny, you know, she was like, oh, whatever. I'm getting what we deserve. I'm paying the extra money. I'm getting the white bread and I'm getting the garlic bread. So it ended up being a really, really great meal. Uh, I told you a little bit about everything. Now, typically we get ice cream when we go out for a special occasion. This time we said, you know what, let's see what this place is all about. So we have had their peanut butter pie before. It is really, really good. Um, we got it again. Uh, it was it was outstanding. But I also said, you know what? I I walked by. I did a little scouting report on some of the desserts, and I saw the cream puffs, which they are known for. They're huge, and so we got that as well. I'll be honest. The it, this is one of those things where quality over quantity, and I lost out. It was huge, but it was not great. Didn't even finish it. It was okay. The first the first quarter of it was was decent. But the more I ate, the more I was like, what the heck am I doing? Should have went with the peanut butter pie. Um, overall grade, I'm going to give it an A-. And I know that's what I gave the brewery that I um, I did earlier this year. So right now, two, two restaurant reviews, two A-minuses. This place would be an A or A-plus for sure. But the dessert, really, the cream puff, and that's what they're known for, was a big letdown. Um, everything else was really good. My steak was good, but it wasn't the best I've ever had. Um, a minus, heck of a grade. Highly recommend it. 
New Philadelphia, Ohio, Uncle Primo's. Um, anytime I give something in the A, the A, A minus margin, get your butt down there. Really, really good. But um, could have been an A or A plus, but I settled with an A minus. As we move on, World Series recap. I, I gotta say, I'm gonna do a little bragging here. I won about, I won a little over two thousand dollars. Now, to be fair, I did hedge this. I really thought the Astros would beat the Rangers in the ALCS. They didn't, but I still took home over a thousand dollars of profit. My original bet, and I said this a few episodes again, forty-four dollars at forty-five to one odds, and I won two thousand and twenty-four dollars. Um, I, it's still hard for me to believe the Rangers won it all. Really happy for those guys. Bruce Bochy, this team was so streaky all season. I mean, there's, <laughs> it's hard to even explain how they did this, but they, they lost a ton in a row. They won a ton in a row in the last weekend. They needed to win two out of four to win the division. They lost three out of four. They end up getting a wild card spot. The Astros win the division. So they have to to take the hard way through the, the playoffs, and they do it. They end up going undefeated on the road in the playoffs. I mean, just, I don't, we've never seen anything like this before. Um, Adolis Garcia hits a walk off home run in game one of the World Series. Obviously. This guy was amazing in the ALCS, wins the ALCS MVP. Thought he was well on his way to winning the World Series MVP, but this dude gets hurt. But he sets the tone in Game 1, and they don't really look back. Game 2, the Diamondbacks do win, but then the uh, the Rangers take the next three and win it in five. Corey Seager, wow. What a season this guy has. He's probably going to be the second-place Winner, um, well, second place guy in the AL MVP to Ochani or Otani. My bad. Um, he won the World Series MVP, hits 318 with two bombs, six RBIs, and then in that game five, when Galleon is just throwing a gem, he gets that bleeder single to break it up. And after that, the Rangers don't look back; they win it all. Has a 451 on base percentage in the World Series and just does an amazing job. Now, the pitching is really something that has changed quite a bit. If you look back at the starting pitching in this World Series, the Rangers win it in five. So, looking back in the past history, you would think, what dominant starting pitching? Didn't really happen. Haney had one really good game. Avaldi, they end up getting the win in game one of the World Series, but he did not throw well. Scherzer, he he threw a few shutout innings, but he doesn't even go enough innings to qualify for the win. It baseball has changed. And it's pretty amazing that if this starting pitching used to be what did it for you in the playoffs. Now it is the bullpen. Can you get hitting in, in clutch situations? And really, really crazy to me that, you know, you can have a series where you win it. You win a World Series in a short series, and there's not really, you know, Jacob DeGrom is the reason why I bet on these guys. 
he doesn't make it past what May or June. Max Scherzer, they they get him close to the deadline, and he really doesn't do a whole lot in the playoffs. I faded him all playoffs long and won some money. Now in the World Series, he had a decent start, but he only went what barely three innings. So baseball has changed, and they got some really quality innings from the bullpen and the Rangers won the World Series. Really happy for these guys, which leads me to my next question. What you know, Bruce Bochy, what's his legacy? You know, he picks up his fourth World Series win. He makes the World Series with his third team, won three with the Giants, wins his fourth after being out of the big leagues for quite some time. And now, you know, I'll do a all-time managerial list, but I just wanted to do my top three managers in my lifetime. I was born in 89. A couple honorable mentions, Bobby Cox, Joe Torre. You know, Bobby Cox, I'm a huge Bra- you know, I was a huge Braves fan growing up. I had to leave him out of my top three just based on he got one World Series win and that was it. Now, it's hard to do. And, you know, he had a 556 winning percentage. But when you have Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz for a long period of time and you only get it done once, I'm not holding it against you. But as far as a collective, are you the best of all time? I can't put you in my top three. Uh, Joe Torre, same thing. Four World Series wins, 96, 97, 98, and 2000. Now, he he didn't win 99. They lost, um, or I'm sorry, 96, 97, 99, and 2000. 98, they lost to the... Indians, that's 97. I'm way off, my bad. 96, 98, 99, and 2000. 97 was when the uh, Indians beat them in the division series, played the Marlins. Anyway, you guys get what I'm saying. Four World Series championships, and then they don't win anything. And finally, after the 08 season, they get rid of him and go to Joe Girardi. Um, Heck of a manager, good win percentage. But it's I can't put him in the top three just based on the payroll. He always had one of the best teams in baseball. So my third best manager since I was alive, I had to go Tony Larusa. Three World Series championships, 556 win percentage, 2,326. Um, or I'm sorry, 2,884 wins. I had to put him at three. My all-time favorite manager, I'm putting it two, is Terry Francona. He won 1,950 games, 538 win percentage, and two World Series titles. Broke the curse of the Bambino. Won another one in 2007. Something that people thought they could not do, the Boston Red Sox. They get it done. He ends up going to the or the Indians. They end up being the Guardians. He follows a maniac this season where they are just absolutely atrocious and they make the playoffs. They play the Rays in the wild card one game playoff. They don't end up winning it, but from one season to the next, they don't make many changes. Francona takes them to the next level. I always felt like they were doing more than they should, just with the talent they had. I just wish they would have gone all in a little bit more than they did. And I had to give 
Bruce Bochy, the number one spot after winning this fourth World Series. He went to five different World Series with three teams. Never won one with the Padres, but he won three with the Giants. And he won one, obviously, with the Rangers. Now, he had a 499 win percentage overall. So I struggled putting him in the number one spot because he's won less than half of his games. But I felt like I had to do it because in baseball, in any sport really, but especially in baseball, if you don't have the club, you're not going to win games. It's just you can't, you can't do it if you don't have the talent. And that goes for any sport, but I think even more so with baseball. But when he had the team to do it, if he had the talent, he got it done. None of those Giants teams that won it were huge favorites going into the playoffs. This Rangers team, 45 to 1 odds, 50 to 1 odds at the very beginning of the offseason, and they get it done. He had just enough to do it, and he was able to manage this club to the championship. So I have him as the most, the best manager in the modern era since I was born in 1989. Um, the NBA in, in season tournament. This is something where, I'll be honest with you, I'm actually for it. I know a lot of people have been down on the idea. I'm always up for more betting, more opportunities to get things to make sports more exciting. Why the heck are we making this during freaking football season? Everybody loves football. College, pro. And yesterday I hear, oh, the uh, the in-season tournament's starting. We have college football on, high school football still going on. I, I just don't understand. Yeah, I know it's only on Fridays right now. And then I hear the championship is December 5th. But still, college and NFL football are still going on. Make it in February when nobody gives a crap after the Super Bowl. Now, that's when I'm interested in the NBA. But right now, they're playing this tournament. Everybody has no... like. Multiple people have no idea what's going on. I just saw an interview on TikTok where some of the NBA players don't even know what's going on. I did a little research. The winner of this tournament, each player of the team gets $500,000. So, yes, that's awesome for teams that have rookies and young players that aren't on big uh, big contracts. But you get the star players, $500,000, they blow their nose with that. Okay, so I'm looking for some of the younger teams to really, really get excited about this. But outside of those teams, I assume most of the more experienced teams won't really care. 500000 to play an extra game, I mean, I don't think that's even a big deal. Um, you know, I heard they're doing multiple MVPs throughout the tournament and the knockout round and then in the next round. I, again, I don't think, I don't remember who the summer league MVP is. I feel like that's how it's going to be. And they're comparing this to, you know, college basketball has the Maui Classic and it counts towards, towards the regular season. Again, I'm okay with this. Why are we putting this at the beginning of the year during football season? Makes absolutely no sense to me. Um, anyway, hopefully it's exciting. I'm going to give it a fair chance, but we'll see. Uh, before I get to my best bets, I have to cover time management and football. 
I'll be the first one to admit I know nothing about X's and O's in football. I couldn't tell you what good plays are to run in certain situations. But what I can tell you is I would I can run time management better than most college and NFL teams. It's not hard. So the other day, I'm watching the Wake Forest game and Duke on Thursday night football. And Wake Forest has all three timeouts. And they're winning the game, but a field goal will beat them. So <laughs> Duke has the ball in a, really a chip shot field goal spot. But Wake Forest had all three timeouts. So at this point, I go, okay, they're going to they're gonna kick the field goal. But assuming Wake Forest takes all the timeouts, they're going to have 35 seconds. And when the clock stops under on a first down under two minutes, it's going to give them a chance, Wake, to get in the field goal range. They inexplicably take a timeout on first down when the clock's already stopped. So then what's Duke do? Run, run, timeouts are called. Then they run on third down, and they let the clock uh, tick down to two seconds, timeout, and they kick the game-winning field goal chip shot. How can that happen at that level? That is the most basic one-on-one clock management. I have no idea what is going on. And I see this throughout the NFL and college football. You have all these dudes that are getting paid big money. I mean, if you pay me, I tell you, you can't take a timeout there. These guys are going to try and run the clock down so you burn a timeout. You burn a timeout on first down when the clock isn't moving. Now you can really take three knees, run the clock down, and kick the game-winning field goal. Now I understand in college that Nothing is a gimme, but anything inside of 20 yards. I mean, I was a straight-toed kicker in fifth grade. I'm mad at myself I'm missing that field goal when I'm in fifth grade. This guy's on full scholarship. Give me a freaking break. Unbelievable. I can't really, I can't believe that. But um, in closing, finally got a win in the best bet category. It's not going great, but I'm going to wait because the whole the whole weekend hasn't ended. I'm going to give you one more best bet. I'll square up all the best bets on my next episode. Uh, actually, I have two of them. One unit play, Bengals minus two and a half versus the Bills. They've had their number the last couple years, so I'm going to continue to ride that. And then the most receiving yards and the Giants-Raiders game, Jalen Hyatt, the guy's barely got any playing time, but the dude's a freaking stud. For whatever reason, the Giants continually just want to ride the same guys with a terrible offense. But I'm going high at half-unit play, 30-1 to to have the most receiving yards. Boy, this could get me in the profit, and I really could use it. So those are the two best bets. And once again, I'd like to thank everybody for continuing to uh, listen to this podcast. Uh, continue to comment and ask questions. And I'd love to uh, answer your questions and get you guys involved. So thank you very much. Good luck on the best bets. And we will uh, talk to you here soon. Thank you.